Hey everybody, I'm Jody Benz. Hello, I'm George Affleck. And it's time for Hello Pod Two Hundred Times in You Pod Two Hundred Times More Unspun. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh Santa. Oh, Santa. Actually, it's a good looking hat. For those who are no, like, listening yeah. to the podcast, George looks exceptionally goofy in his hat. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. I am not a hat guy. I am not a hat guy. So I got my Santa hat on and I'm going to take that off now because I look like an idiot. You Two and Brian. Episodes. You and Brian both not hat guys. Very nice. Very nice. 200. 200. Congratulations. You- Happy 200th episodes. Four years. Four years. Season five. Hey, season five coming up. If we were uh, like uh, one of those TV, the reality TV shows, wouldn't it be season 10 or something? Yes. Uh, because, and we'd also take a hiatus in the middle of the year. It would, you know, that's you do right. two so seasons. let's go with season 10. Okay. Season <laughs> 10 season of 15. I don't even know. Anyways, 200 episodes. I think it's got to be a record in Vancouver for a podcast. This show has been. This has been quite a journey with you. I mean, we really were winging it from the beginning. Where did we start? I think we started with wood chippers at the legislature. Oh my god, yeah. I That's think right. we started with story. it was a big story. Back we're talking like we we didn't even know right? we didn't even know what was coming in COVID, right? We didn't even we had no concept of where no, we were we headed. Year at the end of that first year. Yeah. So we started the show here where I am, where you're not here, and behind me is my beautiful drapes with the unspun if you if you watch the show you'll see this beautiful logo behind me so it looks like we should tell the story tell the story of of how that i mean i had nothing to do with that logo you and i talked about what we should call this first of all we had lunch together you called me and said are you running for office (laughs) no (laughs) question you get all the time still weird weird yeah yes and instead i said no but i think you're really good radio and we should do a podcast together because you're very smart and you're like, people don't like me. And I'm like, I like you. And we do a podcast. And <laughs> some, we don't always agree. Never change. Sure. We don't. We don't. Quite often, uh, we don't agree. And But, you know, the the impetus for, for me, this was McLean K from the Gorka, which was an organization yeah. that uh, a great, great website and media outlet. He approached both of us to write separately to write columns for the his the orca and and we I was you were like okay and I was like ugh no because writing a column is hard work it's hard doing a podcast yeah. I was like I'll do a podcast and you and I briefly kind of talked about it and so suddenly uh, he said uh, we'll throw you guys together and and we literally put that first show together thinking it was kind of a pilot that wouldn't air we were just gonna try we it wake out up the next morning and it's out there. Remember the so, picture that Amanda took, your partner Amanda, remember who we call our executive mm-hmm. producer because she would sit yeah. in the room to make sure you didn't step in it, literally. Um, <laughs> but remember, she was, we, we, we need a picture for this. Uh, and so we we like walked out on your curve communications fire escape in the back and like stood there and Amanda snapped a picture with her. And yeah. that is our thumbnail photo of our of our podcast. From It is. Many gray hairs since. I might want to reshoot that shot. No, we're going to leave it just as it is. I'm four years younger in that picture. I will take it. <laughs> I will take it. No, uh, it's, but it's been a real um, interesting journey um, and for, for how we came up with the idea of Unspun because you're very good at, at, at looking through the noise that is laid out, not 
by quote unquote the media, but the but the political landscape met by the media outlets, met by uh, word of mouth, met by social media, and people mm -hmm. want to sort of craft the narrative and it curve communications, your crisis communications, among other things. But you're also advertising, yeah, right. And it, but you're also an insider uh, when it comes to having walked the walk in politics, as well as working to create spin. Frankly, because advertising <laughs> is spin as as is, you know, helping on campaigns and what have you. So you've got yeah. this unique perspective. It and I really unusual. Yeah. I pick your brain a lot on this. You've taught me a lot. And in, in turn, I think you teach our our listeners or viewers because you can watch at unspunpodcast.com because we do this for YouTube. And also you can listen to us because we are the fastest 30 minutes in uh, political talk, world. I guess. In the <laughs> What did you say yesterday on air? You were like, we're the longest running and greatest most watched <laughs> Vancouver podcast. <laughs> promo, promo, promo alert, promo alert on NW. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, I, yeah, I think you're right. My having worked as a journalist and then as a marketer and then right. as a politician and then as a backroom strategist, uh, politically, um, I have this unusual sort of perception of how the world, world works when it comes to politics, certainly, uh, knowing it, what's kind of what might be happening. I, I don't always know what's happening, but usually I get, you know, notes from people saying, how did you know? That? And I, say, I, don't know. I, I don't know, but I can guess the scenarios. And we're going to talk a bit about those later on yeah. of what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, and that's kind of what it's about. A lot of what politics is about is, you know, measuring and checking and data and, you know, and spinning uh, and sometimes spinning out of control or sometimes spinning in the right way or sometimes not spinning uh, is also worth talking about. I think it's, that's kind of what we talk about. It's, it's that a lot of the show is really about who's doing it right and who's doing it wrong. And, and we call them on it. And we do yeah. say, we compliment them when they, when they do well, when they're more honest and we call them when they're not being honest, you know, as much as you, Hey, for example, might hate uh, the former mayor of Surrey, Doug McCallum, I, he wasn't spinning much. No. <laughs> he didn't care. And so you get what you you get what you voted for, you know, and, and in the end they voted him out. So, you know, there's spin and then there's messaging and all those things in between. And it's uh you and I, I guess, you know, we kind of really and we have fans, which is nice, and we will yeah. there, but uh, you ran into one of the fans actually this morning. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I was at the Down syndrome and we have uh, one of our clients and hey Rob, and you know, it it's um it's fun when they, when you talk, people come up to you and say they listen to the show and they love the way we. Uh, yeah. And you had another one yourself yesterday from up in, within the police community, and I think that's I did. interesting. You get this somebody I never met who said, "How right. do you and George actually do your podcast?" Because I really yeah. I like it. I like the format, and it seems authentic. And I'm like, "Well, we sit down, we talk for five minutes. I know. We write down a list that looks very, you know." Yours is tidier than mine. Mine is literally no points, like a mess. I can't even, I read the promo for it. Yeah, that's, you know, and that's true. We, I mean, this isn't always the way you should do podcasts, everybody. But Jody and I meet, you know, we, online now before it was in person. But for five minutes, we sit down and go, what's, what's, what's the chat? What are we going to talk about? What are the main issues? We don't uh, get into it. We may kind of start save talking. The juice. Save, like, save it, save it for the show. Um, and then we just wing it and we all seem to be right on about 30 minutes. I don't know why we didn't ever, we never said, let's make this 30 minutes. No, I, mean, kinda, I think maybe we just get exhausted after 30. It's like, okay, I'm I done. think that's all we got time for. We got that. We yeah. ain't nobody got time for this, but 30 minutes, <laughs> the fastest 30 minutes in, in unspun, uh, discussion is, is a good little bite-sized podcast mm -hmm. for people who just want to be up mm -hmm. to speed. It's like, 
what's happening? What's really happening? Cause we don't have an agenda where, you know, when we're talking about, like you said, the people that we criticize for doing things that we would say is not the best choice or it's done in a way that is unfair or what have you. And if they pivot yep. to doing something that's fair or make a good choice, we're going to come around to that as well. There's no agenda. Like we only like these people or we only like that. And you and I oftentimes come from very different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I'll just use one example of you live in a tower and I'm all about gentle density. We both want to create more housing and development is, is a good thing. And developers create housing. So people who want housing, but hate developers, like we have these conversations that are, are, are the gray area in between the silos of people. And I think that's really an important mm-hmm. part of any discussion and it's not about gentle density in towers right now so don't even go there buddy <laughs> but i do no, want to talk about i think we're both pragmatists i think I we're think both so. pragmatists too i think that's I that you know we look at things like and, and so it's it's that's what makes it fun and um and i hope people i think are it's enjoying fun it. too george you can't quit me <laughs> I'm trying. i trying you try all the time you're like maybe we shouldn't like, maybe we maybe we just you know and I'm like, no, I'll see you on Thursday. That's what we do. We do it on Thursdays. So um, before we dive into some of the newsy stuff from this week, and yes. we're going to reflect back on the last year in review, because this is our last episode of 2022. What a, what a 10-year span this last year has been for us. Um, it feels like it's been 10 <laughs> years. Been, we never run out of material, and that <sighs> makes it easier, because it has been intense news. And and I would say right now it might be the quietest it's been for news, but even still we found some stuff to talk about. We did, but before we get to uh, the housing discussion between the premier and the mayor of Vancouver and the mm-hmm. minister of housing, uh, a Vancouver city councillor made it on Jimmy Kimmel. I saw that, it's cool. I mean, in a bad way, <laughs> I guess it's a blooper. Well, you know, I think, well, it's a blooper and it takes me back to like, early episodes of happy days like you'd go to the diner and somebody would call in the diner and have somebody paged with a name we used to do it at the stardust roller rink in richmond we'd call up and ask them to page and they they caught on pretty quickly because we were we were doing like stupid stuff stupid stuff which this was for sure um and and counselor fry pete fry yeah got he got duped by at a public consultation (laughs) hearing where a a vancouver citizen who had applied um, to speak, entered his name as Jack, and his last name was My Daddy Off. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. And it was repeated a couple times, and he Jimmy Kimmel like loved times. it. Jimmy Kimmel loved yeah. it, and he put it on his year in review of the best clips. Uh, it didn't win. It was the one that won was the people that were like breaking their hips on the big uh, slide because the people who engineered one of those oh, yeah. huge slides like that. Yeah. So that, that was the one that, uh-huh. that beat out Councillor Fry, but Jimmy, Jimmy loved it. So, so kudos to Councillor yeah. Fry. You accomplished something well done in your four years in office <laughs> in the world's worst council in the history of Vancouver. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about the green bins going to every, no, every two weeks? No. Yeah. Well, at least they're going. <laughs> Yeah, once in a while, every now and then. I get more mail about why my garbage is not going to be picked up this week than I do have my garbage picked up. I like the people, the, the, the sheer staff it takes to tell me what's not going to happen. Then I get a thing. Did you get this? Hey, you know, those 43, you need to pay communications, your... those 43 communications people have to write something. <laughs> they have to do something. Cheers. 
Oh Perhaps my God. They're actually I, delivering them as well. I mean, that's why they take so many communication staff. They're actually out there dropping them off. Did you get your property tax form that you have to declare your empty homes tax yes. thing? You have to declare it, right? So I got it. Yeah. I got the email that said, you got to do it. And if you don't do it by this day, it's going to cost $275. I'm like, geez, I'm going to do it right now. Go on. Yeah. Sorry. It's broken. Can you come back? No. Yeah. And so I came back three days later and they're like, actually, can you come back after eight tonight? What, what kind of system is this? I still haven't declared it. I have how much the city spent on that website? $17 million was that uh, they spent on that stupid website. I mean, it came with other bells and whistles as far as departmental efficiencies, but don't it you hasn't led to more housing I'm, being built, that's for sure. But don't you check if you can actually do the declaration before you put push out the email that says you must declare now? Like it's, I don't even know why we do those stupid things. It's a bunch of BS. It's Come on. super and stupid. On. And I missed the deadline by five minutes one year and it cost me $275. Whoa. So that's why they do it because they can collect a ticket off well, my ass. a provincial one too. Yep. It's like, you have to do both. Work. You have to do both every year. Yeah. And the people, I know, I know. Okay. So, but let's go to housing of a different kind. At least we have homes, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are all too many people who don't especially impoverished, vulnerable people, impoverished, vulnerable people who struggle with mental health and addiction issues and have nowhere to go and are living in Crab Park or they're living in tents down Hastings Street. Uh, They're living in some rundown SRO that Mm -hmm. should be condemned and isn't or in shelters that are overflowing and can't take their, uh, they can't take their possessions in there. They can't have their pets in there. There are all kinds of uh, reasons and problems. And we've been going around and around and around on that on for 199 episodes. It was also one of our first topics was Oppenheimer Park. But mm-hmm. this week, Premier David Eby, as well as Minister of Housing Ravi Kalon, Kalon? Mm-hmm. Kalon uh, mm-hmm. and new uh, Vancouver City uh, Mayor and a bunch of city mm-hmm. councillors um, made an announcement about some 90 temporary modular housing units that are going to be expedited um, down in the main and terminal area, as well as uh, at the foot of Ash Street, 6th, 6th and 7th and Ash sort of area with wraparound supports 24-7. And, you know, there are 900 people living on Hastings Street. There are 3,000 homeless people. So 90 units is a start, I guess. It's better than writing a letter. Ha <laughs> letter writing. Yeah, at least two of the mayor and the premier were exchanging letters. That's that's a that's a that's a positive. I mean, this is okay. So I find the word temporary a bit challenging because it's they're not temporary. These places are pretty permanent. They're not going anywhere for our certainly in my lifetime. Right. These were started when I was in office. The province uh, found some cash and made it available to all communities across the province or region saying, here's some money, you can build these temporary modular houses or these homes. Vancouver stepped up really quickly. We've got full support on council that I was in at that time. We've got a lot of pushback from certain neighborhoods where they were, up in Marple, for example, that said, it's going to ruin our neighborhood. It's going to be too close to a school. But it turns out that the there are some ones that are, have some problems. But they're not as problematic as they might be thought to have been. You just got to make sure you don't put too many in any one area. Right. That's the problem. And might be seeing pushing the limits of that with this new location. I feel that there's a lot of them that are being put into that area. And I'm, you know, I, I just don't know if that model is good. So the question is, though, of course, great. 90 units, temporary modular housing. What about the permanent housing? And I know that EB was kind of talking, touched on that. But he did, you know, and let me jump in on that. Since we started this program, and I still have not seen a program that's been of of of, of a level 
to provide permanent housing that that should be coming for the feds in the province that's that's robust enough to actually solve the problem. Right. Shovels should have been in, in the ground years ago on permanent solutions to this. There's no question about it. We've talked about it ad nauseum on here about how yeah. it's a it's a federal government provincial government, municipal government issue that all, like it should be far more urgent than it is. And we have seen over these last three years that when there is something incredibly urgent, um, there is money to be found to, to do what is necessary. I mean, we, we, yeah, we've seen that. And it's just, it's astounding for so many people watching the opioid crisis continue. Uh, You know, if I had to live on the Mm -hmm. street, I'd probably use too. I mean, honestly, I don't know that I wouldn't. I would I would have serious mental health struggles if I had to live on a street year round and and not be able to find ways to support or house or clothe myself. Like I don't I can't even imagine it. I, and honestly, well, I keep a multitude of problems a lot yeah. of these people have that are right, not but where being do you... addressed by any level of government that to the level that it should be. Right. This is a national problem. We got to deal with it nationally. Where is the prime minister on this issue? Where and and it, sometimes it is about throwing money at it, but if it's a dollar a day for every Canadian, as opposed to a hundred dollars a day for every Vancouverite, which is kind of what it's become. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we as as Canadians, and it's a truly Canadian thing to do, is step up. And I hate taxes. I hate paying taxes. Um, but, but there's only I one. Also think, I mean, I talked about this last week about there being a direct tie. I don't. I like to see where my. If I'm going to give you an extra buck, I want to know that it's going to the problem. Show yeah. me the the journey of my money. Uh, that's hard for government to do. They don't really understand that, and they don't like to do it because they often will say, "Oh, we need some." Did I just put it in this bucket over here? Yeah. And then we got this bucket over here, and then there's billions of dollars extra, even though we thought there was going to be billions too few, and now we're like, yeah. "What? What? What?" But I will say mm-hmm. about David Eby, Premier David Eby, when making this announcement uh, on Wednesday, because he has been so tied to human rights, housing affordability. Along his career, um, he was rather unspun in his delivery. Mm -hmm. Like he almost, I'm not going to say almost, he did anticipate some of the pushback that would come from an announcement if he had kept it super generic. Like we would have gotten this as a press release from City Hall in the last administration. It would have just been, here's what I'm thinking, you know, and I won't be making Mm -hmm. myself available to the media. At least they were all standing there saying, here's what we're doing. We see it's a crisis. We know it's not enough, but we're starting somewhere. And I felt there was a little bit of relief there because he did say, yes, it's only 90, but that 90 will hopefully then elevate those people, those 90 people in, in short order to even more secure permanent housing, which will then allow another 90 to come in that pulls them out of the shelter system, that pulls them off the street and out of the park. And and he kind of came at it in a way that I thought, okay, well, good on you for at least addressing that. I think that's when we, you know, we talked, uh, you know, about on this show Unspun and, and we look at, you know, the, the, the spin and the non-spin. And, and so and in this case, I think, you know, where you're looking at a, a, a politician who is willing to answer questions on the fly is always a good thing. That's how I always tried to be when I was in office, you know, answer the question. Um, and sometimes if you don't know the answer, this is a basic, you know, principle in, in, you know, communications is don't just say, I don't know the answer to that question. I'll get back to you. Right. But, um, you know, but sticking to your notes is never hundred percent good either. So no. his skill as a, as a, as a orator and as a, as a responder to, to media, uh, has been very effective. And I think media, uh, journalists really love, uh, politicians who speak 
talk like that. They prefer it. And it really is, it provides clarity. And, and, and you, it, even if he's from, from the back room, there's an assumption that he's just winging it, but he's not. Yeah. I would guarantee you that before that press conference, he has had his team go at him with multiple different ways of the questions that are going to be asked and how he will respond to it. He is, right. he's a lawyer by trade. He practices, he, you know, he would probably practice in front of a mirror even that's how lawyers do it before they go in there they they know what they're going to say it seems like it's all casual um and that's a skill for sure Mm -hmm. um and it's something that takes a long time to learn and and but if you can pull it off it's a great you know it's kind of spin but it's not spin you know it's it's prepared uh without being too prepared um so you know we'll see It's, it's certainly winning him winning him favors i think with journalists in this in this province currently he's in his He's in a in a in a very good place right now for He's company. active. That's the thing yeah. I I think that is is re, is reading well and playing well on the the taxpayers um purview if you will like between the you know the ICBC rate freeze that we talked about last week I believe were we talking about that? No, we talked about it on the radio. We talked about it on the radio. That's what's yeah. confusing me. Is cuz you know um even though that doesn't solve even remotely the problem of affordability around ICBC for most people, the fact that, you know, young people, new drivers, their their yearly uh, coverage, full coverage is in the $3,000, you know, so yeah. freezing it at 3000 doesn't help a new driver. When, when um, you talk to somebody from Alberta who pays 300 bucks. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, it's a thing. It's a thing. So, but he is—he is tackling some of those things in what feels like a, a, a public and meaningful way, even to just get those dialogues started. The dialogue started on each of those files that have felt rather stalled because of COVID, because of other reasons, because of many things. But it's like, you know, I don't—I'm rambling on about this. But when when taking that press briefing live yesterday. We at CKNW at the time were planning on dipping in, hearing what the meat of the news was, and we yep. found ourselves sticking with it to listen to everything that Premier Eby said, then sticking it, sticking with it to listen to the Minister of Housing, and then also listening to uh, Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim as mm-hmm. an encapsulated, it sounded cohesive and concise, which really in the last number of years has not felt that way at all. It felt fragmented. Yeah, discombobulated and it's a good metaphor or an analogy of hopefully have things to come i don't care if it's left or right of this political spectrum exactly uh and this is certainly what ken sim talks about and and uh, i think eb feels the same way and yeah you know getting over the politics for now and i i think that there was this antagonism that existed for certainly with vision in vancouver against the liberals at the time provincially they would intentionally go after each other yeah. Um, and it's, and even if you would per- perceive Ken Sim as right of center and EB not on the other side of the spectrum, they don't appear at this point in time to be that way, you know, and it might be because, uh, EB is not so worried about Vancouver as he might be about Surrey and the police that are you know, dealing with that. So I would say that when you look at the provincial government's, um, role in the, in, in a community, you need to start thinking about what's their intention. What, what do they need to win in the next election in that market, that community? In the case of Vancouver, housing is a high priority. Uh, the mayor that we have currently is a very pro-housing and very into it. So that's good. Check the sap box. Now in Surrey, you've got a police force issue. So right. So how does this play out? How are going to deal with that? Surrey Police Services versus the Surrey RCMP. Brenda Locke, the new mayor, say, ran on the idea that she would get rid of the Surrey Police Services. Now there's a dollar mm-hmm. figure associated with how much 
more it will cost. $235 million is the dollar figure that will, along with this report, land on the desk of Mike Farnworth, Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth, Deputy mm -hmm. Premier, um, who will then need to make a decision as to which way this is going. And George, you've been talking about this since Doug McCallum ran on removing the RCMP and creating the Surrey Police Services, which was part of the platform that got him elected. Like the political yeah. shell game here is unbelievable. But what do you see happening? Because it will be, it should be actually today or tomorrow that it goes to Farnworth. I think it is actually today. and and a decision is expected by early January. Mm -hmm. What is there a is there a good move here, or, or what will they consider oh, yeah. in making well, this decision? I mean, yeah, I mean, we the, what we've been talking about since the beginning was the cost, and and I yeah. always said way underestimating the cost in Vancouver. The VPD costs over thirty percent of the overall budget, I'm talking hundreds of millions of dollars. They were assuming they would be able to take what was the cost of the RCMP in Surrey and just easily move that over to the to their local police department. And I said, no way. I think at that point, their policing cost is like 10 or 15% of their budget in Surrey. Now, um, it's, it is literally, really now, already 30% of the budget because of all this mess. Um, and it probably will always be now 30% of their budget. Um, whether or not they can get rid of this other police force, they are the, the NDP have two issues here. They have, uh, it's quite a quagmire. They have the union issue. You got two unions that you need to have please, because NDP is pro-union, and you have a very important community where you've got to figure out where they stand right. on this issue. Because you have you know, to win that. Sure, you're all your, because Surrey's you have this that. NDP one, and yeah. without Surrey, there's really in a mess. So, and, and it might even be, get it, they're literally out there polling, I'm sure, per neighborhood to figure out okay if we do if we do this what which way will this neighborhood go and if what if we do with this what will happen in this neighborhood okay we're gonna have to weigh the numbers here to figure out the impact of whatever decision we make um because they have they are in the end the ones who have to make the decision um yeah they've the series asked them to decide and they got to decide and it's not the loudest people on social media who are reflective of what Surrey wants. And that is something really wild because mm -hmm. as most people know, but in case you don't, so I do the show with Linda Steele, right? I do Steele and Vance on check on Thursdays at eight. Linda's husband is the chief of police for the Surrey Police Services. So I have this unique perspective of sort of, you know, and she's talked about it on the show. At first she said she couldn't because people will attack her if she does and they'll attack her if she doesn't. I'm like, well, great, let's have the awkward conversation. So mm -hmm. we did. And in talking it through, it's it's fascinating because Linda's take on it has very little to do with the inner workings of, of either, but how anything that she puts out uh, about SPS and the RCMP, the number of trolls that you can recognize by name who, you know, attack her in a way that it's like the anti-masker and COVID zero people that come at me or the hub cyclist people. Oh God, yeah. That come I thought at, right? I got banned today by Twitter for his... Is hate hate a bike a cyclist? Really? Really? Interesting. So good. Good. You no, know, it's it's interesting, and you know, speaking. But of, my hey, point I'm, was that the people yeah. who vote in Surrey aren't the people necessarily aren't reflected in the people who are the loudest on Twitter. Right. Twitter's twenty so two percent of, of society. Course. It's seventy eight percent of people are yeah. not on Twitter. So. Do not make your policy decisions based on Twitter. But you have uh, for your show just you have Dr. Bonnie speaking of hate because and love because yeah. it kind of goes both ways with her Dr. Bonnie Henry on the show tonight and I think that can 
that's that's kind of cool and i think leads to our kind of wrap up because we've got a few minutes left to talk about the yeah. year and, and review Dr. Henry in studio with Linda and I, you can watch uh, tonight. If you're watching on Thursday, you can watch tonight, eight o'clock on check. It replays on Sunday at one o'clock on check. Um, Streams on on anytime you want on streams. Yeah. Checkmedia.ca is where you find it or the check plus app. I'm second guessing myself. Is it four o'clock on Sunday or one o'clock? I think it's one o'clock on Sundays. I, I don't know. So um, that, to yeah. me, that's like the biggest story of the year, of course, is kind of the end to me, the end of COVID, obviously that, you know, it's, it's, that's for, for me personally, I mean, being able to now travel again and I went to an event this morning and, you know, back to normal. Some people are still kind of in denial or wanting to not move too quickly forward. You and I have talked about this, but we have a good place right now. Yeah. I, was, I was at a concert right? last night. I saw Feist. I was standing Did in you? a sea of humanity. Yeah. I was at the uh, Fulmer and Company Christmas party, and they always have a surprise guest. Really? I think I Feist told you last year. Feist was there. Yeah. I saw Feist last night on the Stephen Colbert Christmas because I went, we watch it every year, and she was one of the. Uh, one of the <laughs> well, she was supposed to be on tour with Arcade Fire. So she's not allowed to do ticketed events because that got canceled. So, but she was okay. fantastic. But I did have that feeling. You're much more comfortable in that environment i still mm-hmm. had that feeling of like there are too many people around me i kind of stayed off to the side a little bit i was not masked because i didn't feel that there was um not enough circulation and, and ventilation in the place i felt safe in that regard but i didn't want to stand you know packed with people because i'm still taking care of my parents my mom was over uh mm-hmm. day before yesterday yeah. i was caring for her my stepdad has one kidney as a cancer survivor so everybody's got their level of but i think to your point all of us are better off now because we have safe and effective vaccinations and and cross immunization with um, people having had COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So there, and in BC, we're, we're doing really good. So I think that is one of our biggest stories. And I learned most yep. of that from Dr. Henry. Did she get absolutely everything right? No, but I look at her like, you're my age, you're me, but smarter. I can't imagine the weight of the world on this woman's shoulders. And I've never actually had an opportunity to sit down and and talk with her. I've spoken with her on the phone once on radio with an echo in my ear at the same time, which was very uncomfortable. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation we're going to have for two segments this evening. So the other big issues of the year, though, I mean, it's been a crazy year with Ukraine. We got the, you know, oh my God, the the midterms. We had uh, the World Cups happening right now. Right. There's so many things that we're looking at my list. We're out of time, but what a year. Argentina, Argentina what a year. France. Are you picking between Argentina and France? That's huge no, I final. An, I live with an English person. We're, it's over. We're moving on. Okay. So those and people I'm, who and, are. And the pool wall that I, I we have a pool at the office here. I'm, I was a long time ago. So I'm like, there's not even 10 bucks in it for me. So uh, I, I don't, I don't really follow sports. Sorry. Everybody. Argentina. Um, so on, went on Saturday when the final is happening, okay. you got to say Lionel Messi, Lionel okay. Messi. Cause this will be his last World Cup. Sorry, the sportscaster in me is coming out for a quick second. This will be his final World Cup in a storied career. Should he win, should Argentina win this World Cup title, it would definitely solidify Lionel Messi as the greatest male football player on the planet because the greatest soccer impressive. player in the world, the greatest soccer player in the world is Christine Sinclair. Mic drop. Uh, okay. All of these names mean nothing to me because I don't know. Well, what people watching and listening know what I'm I talking know, about. I'm George. kidding. I'm kidding. Go Canucks. Go Canucks. Coconuts. Coconuts. Have a great Christmas, everybody. And, uh, and or happy holiday, as we say. To cover Hanukkah. All. 
Happy Hanukkah as well. And a great new year. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back uh, probably the second week of January. Um, and Call it the 12th, 12th of January. Okay. Right? And for episode 201, year five, season five, if you're counting years, or season 10, if you're, if you're like a TV show on... Uh, season 12, Netflix. season 22. It's season like Survivor, man. We've lost count. See you later. Thanks, Jody. Bye. Bye. Bye.